Can you think of a time when someone that you loved made you upset or disappointed? One such story that comes to my mind is a story about my roommates. I lived with these guys for about two to three years. They're some of my best friends, which also means they know how to push my buttons really well. If you know anything about me, I go to bed really early, so like 10 o'clock is prime time for me. Another fun fact about me is I get scared very easily. So on this particular night, they had come into my room and started messing with me about 10.30, 30 minutes after I'd gone to sleep and everything. My sleep is very important, so I was already upset when they started this, and I was telling them to stop, and it continued on for about an hour and a half. They had come in my room, they were turning my lights on and off, they were slamming my door, and at one point, they had crawled across my floor, up to my bed, and they were all just standing around my bed. So when I flipped over, they were all there. I was very angry. I actually didn't talk to them for like two or three days afterwards because of how angry I was. But think back to that time that someone made you angry or disappointed you. What did you do or how did you react? Were you angry with them? Did you yell at them? Or were you just simply disappointed and didn't really say anything? What we're going to look at this morning is how Jesus responds to a situation that would have probably angered or disappointed most of us. Turn with me to John 21. This whole chapter is super cool, but a little bit of background before we get here. Um, this is after Jesus, or Peter has denied Jesus three times in the garden. Jesus has been crucified, died, and risen at this point, and he's come to the disciples two times before this. Peter and a couple of the other disciples had given up hope, and they'd gone back to what they were doing before they had met Jesus, which was fishing. Jesus had come to the shore and started speaking to them, and he said, are you guys catching anything? And they said, no, we're not catching anything. So he told them to toss their nets to the right side of the boat, and they started catching lots of fish. And at this point, they knew it was Jesus. And this is where our passage starts. John 21, 7 through 17. Disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter had heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for which was stripped for work. He threw himself into the sea, and the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land about a hundred yards off. When they had got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And now none of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to disciples after he had risen from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend to my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said this to the third, third time, Do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. I think the first important thing to notice about this story is where it's taking place and what they were doing. There's a super cool image, especially for Peter. What Peter was doing before Jesus had originally called him was fishing. What was he doing now? Fishing. Jesus had come and called Peter the exact same way that he originally called him. But the importance doesn't stop here. The reason Peter had went back to fishing it was, is because it was the only thing that he knew before he met Jesus. 
he would spend days on that boat fishing. So when Jesus had died, he had lost all hope. He resorted back to the only thing that he knew, with all that pain and sorrow, not knowing not only that he had denied Jesus the night before, but that he had died and Jesus was gone. Peter didn't think Jesus was going to be coming back and that their Savior was truly gone. I don't know how many of you all have been watching The Chosen, but I love the way they portray Peter on the show. He's this loyal, strong, right-hand man of Jesus who wants to do everything in his power to protect Jesus. Jesus will go off and say, hey, I need some alone time, and Peter will be, hey, let me come protect you. And Jesus is like, no, dog, I just need some alone time. I think with this vision of Peter, we can better understand the way Peter reacted in both situations. And then that even adds to us. If Peter, the right-hand man of Jesus, can fall back into what he was doing before Jesus, do you think it's possible for us to do that as well? How easy is it for us to fall back into those addictions that we had before Christ? How many times do we fall back into that anger, into that sadness, um, or into that disappointment of ourselves? I think if we're being honest with ourselves, it happens quite often. And I'm also speaking from experience. I've been a Christ follower since the summer of my freshman year, and one thing that I have always struggled with is anger and holding grudges specifically. I recently went through a season where I had to struggle with this. Um, I had someone who I thought was trying to talk about me and get inside my business and talk about my friends behind our backs, and it really made me angry, and I went, every, I went to every extent to ignore this person, to go out of my way to not see this person, and I was honestly rude to this person. I wanted nothing to do with them. In my heart, I knew it was the wrong thing to do. But I let my emotions guide me in this season. I did the opposite of what Christ wanted me to do. But luckily, I had people who came inside me and walked with me through the situation. And we came to an agreement. And luckily for us, we do not have a God who holds grudges, even when we keep turning away from him or even failing him. And we see this through his interaction with Peter. Jesus came to Peter where he was. I can't imagine the emotions that Jesus was feeling in that moment. I'm sure Jesus was sad and even disappointed in Peter and the other disciples. Jesus still knew that Peter was going to deny him. He knew Peter was going to turn back to this. He knew exactly where to find Peter. But still, to see his disciples, people that he spent three years training and preparing, turn back to what they were doing before, I'm sure was damaging to Jesus. I'm sure he felt some sort of sadness and disappointment. But Jesus being Jesus, he didn't react in anger. He didn't call them out for their, for their disappointments or what they were doing. It, instead, he actually made them breakfast. I don't know how many of y'all would actually make breakfast for somebody who made you angry. I definitely would not. Like I said, I ignored my friends for like two days, so definitely breakfast was not on the table. But Jesus had made them breakfast and was having a full-on conversation with these guys. Instead of yelling at them, ignoring them, or telling them what they had did wrong, he showed them grace. These guys were ready to run away from Jesus and all that he'd prepared them to do because they lost hope. Yet Jesus is still calling them. But let's focus on Peter real quick. I want you to notice the name that Jesus is calling him by. He doesn't say, Peter, do you love me? He says, Simon, do you love me? Jesus knew Peter was going to deny him. He knew he was going to fall, and he knew he was going to hurt him. And he knew the things that were going to happen. He knew Peter was going to fall back into that routine before he was a Christ follower, and Peter was not living up to his name, Peter the Rock. 
he had fallen back into he was before he had met Christ, Simon. Jesus is specifically having this conversation with Peter because Peter is at his lowest. Yet Jesus is here with him. Jesus is like that stern mom who uses their full name of their kids whenever they're upset or the kids are in trouble. But even though Peter has fallen back into his Simon ways, Jesus is still calling Peter to love and obey him. We see, Peter, or we see Jesus ask Peter, do you love me three times? And after each time, he still gives Peter a mission. While being that stern mom, he's still being a loving one as well. Saying, hey, I know you messed up, and I know you're still going to do great things for me, and I believe in you. He first calls Peter to feed the lambs. Second time, he calls Peter to take care of the sheep. And the third time, he calls Peter to feed his sheep. We know throughout the gospel, Jesus is compared to the shepherd. Jesus uses this illustration all the time throughout his ministry. And he uses the sheep and the lambs to talk about those who are lost and his children. Peter, at this point, is still lost. He is still running away from what he's originally called to do. He is one of those lost sheep. Yet, Jesus is still calling him to guide the sheep, showing Peter that this does not have to define him. So Jesus comes down to his level, and then we see Jesus still come down to his level when he's using the word love. The first two times that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He uses the word agape. And this is translated as the love of God towards man. This is the most perfect love. It's never changing, and it's never ending. I think the reason Jesus used these two first questions with the word agape is he wanted to see Peter's heart. He wanted to see if Peter loved Jesus the way that he thought that he loved Jesus. Jesus knew Peter was not going to be capable of this agape type of love as it is perfect and it's God's love. But he still wanted to see Peter's heart in this. So the third time, he comes down to Peter's level and he asks him, Do you follow me? Which is translated as a deeper connection than friendship and romance. And Peter says, yes, of course you know that I follow you. Peter wants to have this type of agape love towards Jesus, but Peter being the broken man he is, it's not capable of it. But he's still going to do everything in his power to show Jesus that he does agape him. But here we have this broken Peter who is hurt and at an all-time low, and Jesus is calling him. He's telling him that he loves him, and he's going to use Peter to help guide his sheep. We have this Jesus who's telling him, hey, you're going to pick up where I left off. I'm going to have you take care of my sheep and lambs when I am officially gone. Even though you had denied me in front of a charcoal fire just like this one right here, I'm still going to call you here. We have this super cool imagery that Jesus is using on purpose to get across to Peter. That he still loves him, he's going to choose him, and he's going to help him build up Jesus, or God's church. And I believe this is part of the good news that Jesus tells us all. Is that no many, no many how, sorry, no many how many, oh my gosh, no matter how many times we run away or we turn back to our addictions or whatever we were doing before, Jesus is still going to be able to use us. I once heard Matt quote one of his professors saying, your darkest hours are often your greatest ministry. Jesus wants to use those moments when we're at our lowest to minister to others and to redeem us. No matter how many times we fall off, no matter where we turn back to or no matter where we go, 
or how many times we turn away from God. God's grace and redemption never changes for us. Jesus wants, us to, Jesus wants to use us to show anger into grace, that addiction into growth, that sadness into joy, and that lust into love. God wants to use us like he used Peter. Jesus is going to meet us wherever we are at, whatever charcoal fire we have going in front of us. All we have to do is just listen to that call.